Here's a message from Ken Lavica. 16 years in the NBA, age 36, and finally a household name, an elite player, Chris Paul, is going to the NBA Finals. And it made me reminisce about some of the other late bloomers in sports. And it just makes you feel good no matter how you felt about the player previously in his career. Joe Rigotti hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. It's still wild to me that Chris Paul's been around forever. I mean, forever. And in countless places, countless coaches, countless teammates, teams that largely underperformed, yet here he is with the Phoenix Suns, a lottery team into the Western Conference champions. And honestly, it's a great thing. Ken Levick alive here on a Thursday on ESPN 106.3. Joe Rigotti, uh, Coquel is on vacation. We are coming to you from the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, right off of the dazzling, sparkling Intracoastal, leading you in to a three-day weekend. Uh, and uh, by the way, that three-day weekend could be marred by our first tropical storm of the year. So as if, uh, as if we haven't had one hell of a last year and a half, Hey, enjoy the tropical storm that's uh, that's coming our way. Uh, we've got a lot to cover, and this is actually going to be the final live show of the week. We are going to do a best of tomorrow because, damn it, after three months, we we have so many best of shows. We just got to start unleashing them here on Ken Levick Alive. Memorable content. Um, but uh, we are going to get you set for your three-day weekend, your July 4th, if it doesn't get rained out because of the tropical storm. A little barbecue advice. A little barbecue advice with our friend Doug Mosley of Barbecue News Magazine. So he's going to hang out with us and give you, the home barbecuer, some tips for family and friends. Well, Chris Paul is an NBA, is a, a, a Western Conference champion. He's headed to the NBA Finals for the first time in his career. The Suns thrashed the Clippers last night as at Staples Center, and it also answered the question, at least one part of the question, what we were discussing yesterday, uh, who is the shorthanded team best equipped to win a title? And I said I didn't think it was the Clippers because they were going up against the healthiest team remaining, and they finally just got worn down. With no Kawhi, uh, having to rely on Paul George to put together back-to-back awesome games and a heroic performance, it just wasn't going to happen. And so Chris Paul is in. And as you can imagine, he was pretty reflective uh, after the game last night as the Suns finish it off in six. Here is the newly minted Western Conference champion after 16 years in the NBA after last night's Suns win. All the people around me, you know what I mean? And to do it here in L.A. with the Clippers, this is my family, too. I got here six hard years to the Clippers. We fought hard. A lot of these fans, Billy Crystal, that's my family. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? So to do it here against a team that I got the utmost respect for, I'll always be a Clipper. I love these fans. You know what I mean? But this crew right here, <laughs> this crew right here, this game right here, They opened me, they they welcomed me with open arms. Coach, 
We did this 10 years ago in New Orleans, and we still got a lot of work to do, but we're going to enjoy this. And my family up top, I love y'all. Y'all see them right there? That's my game. Straight up. 16 years of this. 16 years of surgeries, hard work, losses, bad losses, but we're going to enjoy tonight. We're going to enjoy it. And uh, I think that's well said. And I know that there are some that don't like Chris Paul because they think he's a jerk. Uh, He's a flopper. He's a whiner. But someone who has played at the level that he's played for 16 years and has come back better every time he's had a setback, and now he gets himself into an NBA Finals in the most unlikely stop possible for him to do so, I think that needs to be commended. And it's weird if there is a part of your brain that doesn't actually feel good about that. He's not the only one, though, in sports uh, where I've had this similar feeling. A guy who has toiled and toiled and toiled and finally did it. And it brings me, and I know this always goes back to me as a young Chicago fan, but this is how my brain works. Think about Frank Thomas, an MVP. A guy who was at the top of the sport, would have won a World Series, and I don't care what you say, Yankees fans, Expos fans, he would have won a World Series in 1994. But the strike wiped that out. And then the White Sox go to a spell of bad. Yet he continues to play at a high level, an all-star. Then injuries start to plague him. He entered the majors in 1989, and then he only played 20 games or so in the 2005 season, but in those 20 games, he hit double-digit home runs. He did his part before he got re-injured, was not part of the White Sox playoff run, was not part of the White Sox in the World Series, but I will tell you, it was emotional to see Frank Thomas, the face of An organization that largely is overlooked in all of sports, and especially in that city, finally see the fruits of his labor come to fruition. Finally able to celebrate his peak of the sport. The very next year, he goes to Oakland. He finishes second in AL MVP voting. It was a little bit of a rebirth for him, but he finally did it. Peyton Manning, think about it. It took him a decade to win his first Super Bowl. Couldn't get past Brady. Didn't have a defense. And then finally, they have an emotional comeback in the AFC title game against Brady and the Patriots. And Peyton Manning, down here in South Florida, gets his. He would add on another Super Bowl championship with the Broncos. But it was a guy that you felt great for because he overcame what had been plaguing him. Finally found a way... And at the top of his game, won a championship. There are a number of these guys you can point to where you just feel good for them because they deserve it, because they earned it. Hell, I'll throw a guy who eventually beat Peyton Manning into this. Drew Brees, an injury that could have ended his career. He was damaged goods. Nick Saban didn't want him. The Dolphins' doctors, Danny Cannell's father, Didn't want him, said, nope, nope. He ends up in New Orleans, becomes a big part of that city rebuild after Katrina, and then wins a championship. So I ask you, like I've had this feeling about Chris Paul today, where you just feel good because he earned it, because he deserved it. Who is an athlete that you felt great about finally getting to the top of the mountain? 
Who is an athlete that overcame adversity? An athlete that earned it? An athlete where it took forever? And he or she finally hit the top of the mountain. Who's an athlete you have felt great that has finally broken through? 888-760-3776. 888-760-ESPN. 888-760-3776. You can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. A guy that finally broke through. And maybe it's a guy who won a championship early in his career, but then late in his career was able to do it again. I mean, I'll tell you. Aaron Rodgers, if he's able to finally, and I don't know if it's with the Packers or with someone else, but if he's finally able to get himself into a spot where he can win another championship, I feel real, real good for Aaron Rodgers. I love the stories of guys late in their career who are able to realize greatness. Now, it's not the same thing with Aaron Rodgers as it would be for a Peyton Manning, or would be for a Chris Paul. But guys who get one last shot, and they take advantage of it, and they get to the top. Chris Paul is in an NBA Finals, and the Suns, no matter who they play, the Bucks or the Hawks, are going to be the favorite in that NBA Finals. Like Chris Paul, who's an athlete you felt great for that has finally been able to get to the top of the sports mountain? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Let's start out in West Palm. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's going on, Mike? Hey, how you doing, man? Love the show so far. Been great. Go ahead, Bob. I, I'm not sure. I'm, I, Kevin Garnett, did you mention him? I did not mention Kevin Garnett, and that is a really, really good one. And I, I think part of it, too, was his reaction after winning as well. I mean, just overcome right. with emotion, screaming into the microphone, because you know how much it, it meant to him. Uh, that's a great one. Are you a Celtics fan? I sure am. Yeah. Yeah, no, that um, let me let me ask you though, Mike. I do want to pick your brain because uh, the Ray Allen thing. Uh, I, I hate to take away from the great discussion about Kevin Garnett. I want to ask you how you feel about Ray Allen. Oh man, well I loved him when he was with us. That was a great <laughs> combination of those guys. Okay, but you know, I was I was happy for him. I was happy for the Heat actually when they won. You know, that was unbelievable to me. Oh, Mike, fan. I did not see that coming. Good. Okay. I, I just wanted... So he's not dead to you like he is to a good portion of Celtics fans and really to that whole group yeah. with the Celtics. Okay. All right. Well, no, Mike... No way. The, excellent. Excellent. Have a great 4th of July, okay? Hey, same to you. Be safe. All Thanks. right. All right. Mike in West Palm. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Um, I, I think, too, and uh, this it's so weird how sometimes I just revert to hockey. I'm not a hockey guy. I don't like a lot of hockey. Um, uh, But Ray Bork, I remember when the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup, and Ray Bork had been playing for like 23, 24 seasons, uh, was in his 40s, and finally, and he was still a key component. He was was putting in good shifts with the Avalanche at that age and won a Stanley Cup. I remember Gary Thorne focusing in on it as the Avalanche did it. And Ray Bork, for whatever reason, I don't know why uh, things stick in my brain the way that they do, but Ray Bork winning a Stanley Cup is one of those feel-good moments for a guy who finally did it. Kevin Garnett is a great one. I did not think of him. Kevin Garnett is, I mean, I suppose 
You could put Paul Pierce into that as well. If you're going to have Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, because he did it with that same Celtics team that uh, he had been the face of. I mean, he overcomes getting stabbed. And coming back from that, and finally a group is put together where they can win a championship. And they had a decent run, and you can argue it was an underperforming run after that. But you can't argue with the fact that they did actually win a championship. But Garnett especially, uh, an MVP caliber player in a place that was never going to win a championship. He brought them, he brought the Timberwolves to heights they've never been able to achieve since he was in Minnesota. That's a really good one. Uh, as we continue to talk about the athletes like CP3, the athletes that finally did it, and you feel great for them, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776. Which athletes finally were able to hit the top of the sports mountain and you feel great about it? Uh, I need to talk about what Pat Beverly did last night. Because that's straight-up punk bleep, what he pulled late in that game. So Chris Paul hits the dagger three. Game is over at that point. Fourth quarter. And Chris Paul walks by Pat Beverly after hitting a three. Timeout's called. Everybody's headed back to their benches. And Pat Beverly, after hearing whatever CP3 said, runs up behind Chris Paul and from behind shoves him in the back. That's the type of thing, if it doesn't happen on an NBA floor, say it happens at the park, I mean, Pat Beverly's taking a beating. That's the type of thing where you've got all of your boys contributing to that beating. Like, that was just punk stuff. And I know that Patrick Beverly takes a lot of pride in being the instigator. He takes a lot of pride in uh, being the tough guy, a lot of pride in being the pest But that was too far. I don't care what CP3 said to you at that moment or how frustrated you are. To shove Chris Paul from behind, one of those shoves that like bends your back in the opposite direction, that sucks. There's no need for that. Good job by the Suns, however, not throwing punches, not getting at Pat Beverly because they have the ultimate revenge in that spot. They've got more games to play. They can't take suspensions in the NBA Finals. They need to keep everybody eligible and ready to play. I I get why Clippers fans love Pat Beverly. He is the clear example of a guy that you love on your team and hate when he's the opponent. But that was punk stuff last night. There's no need for that. There's no excuse for that. And honestly, for Pat Beverly, that's embarrassing. That's so wildly embarrassing for a pro to be doing that. I mean, bro, you got punked on your home floor. Take your frustrations out elsewhere. This is the same guy who purposely broke Devin Booker's nose in three places earlier in the series. He's just a flat-out punk. If he would have done more in this series, maybe the Clippers would have been able to get to a Game 7. But don't take your frustrations out on Chris Paul, and don't do it to his back. Have the guts to get into his face. Get in his face and say your piece. Shoving Chris Paul in the back... Like, that's playground 13, 14-year-old stuff, and that's the thing that gets your ass beaten a second on the playground as well. Steve's in Wellington. Steve, you're on ESPN 106.3. Hey, Steve. Hey, you doing, bud? Uh, totally agree. Beverly's a little punk. I was hoping Crowder would have uh, pushed him or done something, but uh, to go back to what you are saying, yep. I was thinking about uh, one of the best defensive players of all time, the glove, Gary Payton. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? 
Yep, absolutely. And Jason Williams. You can go Jason Williams in that spot, too. Same exact team. I mean, Gary Payton able to win it with the Heat. Jason Williams able to win it after a career where uh, he was a he, he was my favorite player for a while. Post-Bulls uh, dynasty, what he did with the Kings. I think he was also misunderstood. Uh, and uh, them coming together, and Gary Payton's a great one. Like, that really is, because Gary Payton came close with the Sonics. And I think you would agree, Steve, that Gary Payton also a little bit of a misunderstood player like yeah he had his run-ins with coaches he could be a little bit aggressive but that dude was a flat-out baller 100 i was rooting for him on the lakers too and i think they got swept or lost yeah. to the pistons yeah they got swept by the pistons you're exactly right and you know it's funny you mentioned that because it, everything comes full circle that was the source of one of our conversations about phil jackson earlier in the week because he wrote that book after that season about that team, Gary Payton, Carl Malone, Shaq, and Kobe, and rip Kobe apart. And uh, we know what Scotty Pippen said about Phil Jackson earlier this week. Good stuff, Steve. Appreciate you. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Ken, you talk about them a lot. Why do you always talk about the FAU MBA Sport Management Program? Well, one, they're the damn title sponsor of the show, okay? Like, I'm going to talk about the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, but two, it's because they get results. Like, I wouldn't talk about them. I wouldn't want them as the title sponsor of the show if they were just sort of this existing thing uh, that didn't yield results. No, 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 no. You don't last for 21 going on 22 years. You don't put as many students into the sports industry as they have without being something that is real and absolutely legit. I have friends who have been able to get their MBA in sport management from Florida Atlantic. I have colleagues, former and current that have gotten their MBA in sport management at FAU, and they say, hey, what Dr. Jim Reardon does, it's challenging, but it also has me fully prepared to get into my job in the sports industry. And they also all tell me, I can't believe how big the sports industry is, how many jobs there actually are in the sports industry uh, until I actually get my MBA in sport management and I went in a completely different direction than I thought I would. That's the beauty of the FAU MBA sport management program. It is because you have professors who are in the sports industry teaching current modern day uh, curriculum, things that are going to get you prepared. This is first-hand experience with the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, and it doesn't matter if you're right out of college or you're a mother or a father, you have a family, you're in a whole different career, but you want to make a change. You can get your MBA in Sport Management at Florida Atlantic. Remote courses or courses on the Boca campus. All you have to do is go to fau.edu slash sport. fau.edu slash sport. Don't sit on this any longer. Make the move. Sign up for fall semester classes. That's fau.edu slash MBA sport. It's the FAU MBA sport management program. Let's go to Jupiter. David is in Jupiter. David, you're on Ken Levick Alive. Hey, bud. Yeah, I kind of wanted to see what you guys thought. I, I know, you know, you guys might not be Cubs fans like me, but they've got Bryant, Rizzo, Baez, mm-hmm. and I think even Contreras. Yep. So what do you think they're going to do, sign one, sign two, and who do you think they'll let 
So uh, everybody's got their own theory. Well, David, let me speak to you as a White Sox fan, okay? So uh, I let, know. Let I me know. give you, give me your thoughts, David. All right. Uh, no, but let's. Uh, I, I do think, and I think you would agree. There's been so much smoke around Chris Bryant not being retained by the Cubs. Like that's probably going to be the first to go, right? Like it almost feels like you're seeing the last days of Chris Bryant as the trade deadline approaches. Do you feel the same way? I mean, I think that's the right move, but what can you – can they get a good know. enough haul? I don't know. You know, Cause this you, late in the game, I, I think know. they should have got rid of them a year or two ago. You're probably right, and they tried to hang on. And this is this is the issue that the, the shortened season brought, is that I think the Cubs are showing now what they probably were last year, but in a 60-game sample size, they were still able to make the postseason, and that forced tough decisions to be made, which was, hey – we're going to still go with this core, even if it's aging. And unfortunately, now they're in a spot where the core has been exposed, and you're going to have to make these decisions. So, yeah, you're not going to get the minor leaguer, the prospect hall that you thought you were going to, but you got to do it now as opposed to waiting another two, three months. Because, I, I mean, after what happened in Milwaukee, uh, they're sellers. There's no doubt that they're sellers. They're not going to get back into this. The Brewers are the class of that division. Um, but I think Bryant's probably the first one to go. I would be surprised if you saw Rizzo go. I still think that he is enough of a cornerstone of that team where you want him around for young guys in what might be a retooling. I don't want to call it a rebuild, but it certainly feels like a retooling is coming. Yeah, I I watched Rizzo uh, a couple weeks ago, and and at bat that went, I think, 14 pitches and ended up in a home run. I think he's the priority to sign, but... Well, I appreciate your thoughts, and uh, you know, I appreciate you holding your nose and letting me know uh, <laughs> objective hey, hey, David, uh, opinion I, I, on the Cubs. David, here's <laughs> my promise to you: as the White Sox inevitably go into August and then lose 13 straight and lose the division lead, you can call and give me hell, okay? Uh, that's a deal. <laughs> All right, I'll hold you to it. All right, perfect. Uh, and then I'll I'll probably be very mean and uh, very confrontational when that happens. Completely forgetting uh, what I've said here, but uh, that is my promise to David and Jupiter. When we return, college sports will never be the same, and it started just over twelve hours ago. I have a message to the naysayers. It's going to be okay. We'll talk about it more next. He's Joe Rigotti. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.